Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, fill us with a deep sense of your peace. Let it settle into our bones about how much you love us. Let us just understand and appreciate that in a real way today. And let us enjoy one another in fellowship as we visit and talk about our faith in Cajun culture. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today, we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to have some co-hosts and some guests. They're all going to be intertwined. We're all going to take turns <laughs> doing different roles. But today, again, we have uh, Miss Krista Bio. Uh, she's the co-owner of Acadiana Automotive Group. Welcome, Krista. Thank you, Todd. And again, the unofficial uh, Pope of, of Cajun country and the Cajun Catholics, Father Michael Champagne. Thank you, Father, for being here again. Great to be with you, Todd. All right, we're going to have some fun today. So um, I want to just, Krista, tell me a little bit about, you have a love for the Lord, and you can see it, you know, I've known you for a while, and I know you have a dedication to the Eucharist, but tell me a little bit about your youth growing up, and who was your, uh, is there someone in your family that was your spiritual rock? So I was, uh, I'm a cradle Catholic, uh, went to Cathedral Carmel through fourth grade. Go Tigers. And then went to Sacred Heart in Grand Coteau, uh, fifth through twelfth. Um, I, I, um, I've always loved the Lord. I've always uh, sought His will in my life. Um, I had a very strong upbringing in my Catholic faith um, through my mother and father. Um, we, you know, we never missed mass, and um, we we were a close family. Um, and and the love and respect for the Lord was was primary. Um, Sacred Heart in Grand Coteau, we had the most amazing nuns. Um, the the religious there um, were my teachers way back then, and so I was able to see um, their vocations lived out, um, just in true humility and and generosity. Because dealing with that many young girls <laughs> in one <laughs> space, um, they they had to be very generous. Um, so then I went to UL in Lafayette, and um, I used to go visit um, the, um, the chapel there, which was much smaller um, back then. Father Hampton Davis was our, our pastor then mm-hmm. um, at Wisdom, and um, really started adoration back in 2005, um, shortly after my mother's death. Um, and really, you know, you asked me earlier if I'd ever had a conversion or a conversion I wanted to talk about. And the truth is, the Lord, I've had so many conversions. Every time I turn away, he, he brings me very quickly back to him. Um, and so I went to adoration for about a year at St. Pius. And that's where you and I first mm-hmm. met, Todd. Um, I, we, we had the hour apart. But um, I returned to adoration in 2013 when I was going through a really rough time in my life. My, my father and my sister had both passed away in 2012, um, had, was having a lot of um, just familial family stress and, and a difficult time. And I actually sought out Father Champagne for counsel. And um, after confession and, and a great visit, he said, I'm gonna invite you to adoration. Mm-hmm. I have a slot, I have a two o'clock from two to three every Tuesday, and I need you to sign up for that. And I said, okay, Father. And so I started and I began, and it, it was hard. I was, I was busy and I was, mm-hmm. I was going through a lot. And those first months of adoration were not easy for me. Um, but 
I showed up to adoration those first few months pretty much broken. And within about a year, I noticed, hey, wait, I'm not broken anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I really felt his healing. I was able to um, witness his healing in my heart. And I also witnessed and was able to describe, and this is how I describe it to people when they ask me about it. I was at a place in my life where I had no forgiveness for anyone. I had no love for anyone. I, I was I was empty. And not only did God put me all back together, but then he filled me. And he mm. filled me with his grace and his peace and his forgiveness and his love and his mercy. And that flowed to others. And so through that time, um, of uh, just a really challenging time in my life, I was able to give to people what he was giving to me. And so then it became, adoration was like a filling station for me. I had to go every Tuesday. I couldn't miss because I needed to be filled back up. Um, The beauty is that he kept giving it to me. I would just show up empty and he'd Mm. keep filling me. But as the years have passed um, since 2013, I don't run out anymore. And um, now it's it's overflowing. And... um, and so I, I also do an adoration hour at Sacred Heart of Jesus now weekly, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm craving him more and more and more. And, and I find that um, I just really need that time with him. Um, I really would like it every day. I just haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. I'm going to say, Lord, Lord, Father, I don't know how. <laughs> what are we, we going to do? We need to participate in this show. That's that was it. beautiful. That was That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Good testimony. And I know when I listened to your video, you talked about a conversion being a turning away from sin mm. and turning towards God, and I, maybe there's a French term for that, but uh, but tell me about adoration for you. And I know you call it clock time. Concept. Yeah, well, I, I, my encounter, first time I really encountered, I, I, as a kid, I, I was serving the mass, and I just knew that when I had to ring the bells, I used to love to ring the bells at the consecration, and they had a little angel, you know, in Lanville Church, and so I said, look, kid, uh, when the priest lifted the, the host at consecration mass and I rang the bell, I just knew that there was, I didn't know, I didn't understand what's going on. I knew something powerful was going on. And then I remember Father Lanois, he's a pastor, and one time he dropped the host and I was all to serve, and I must have been fifth grade or something, and I'm holding the pat, you know, in case people would drop the host. And and I missed the pat, the host, and it fell on the on the floor. And, you know, Spontaneous, I went down to get it for the old priest. Boy, he caught me. He clothesline me around the neck. <laughs> Don't you dare touch it. <laughs> so it was like a, it was like a, 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 a I mean, like a bomb threat almost. I mean, it was so. And we got it. With a gaff. Yeah, and um, and so I just knew as a kid, man, that's you know the dignity. There's something special about the Eucharist. So, and I, I and I kind of slipped away, but when I made, I, I ended up making the Christie when I was 19, and I remember going during Christie. We went, we we prayed in front of the tabernacle. And I remember going in front of the tabernacle and, and they said, we're just going to visit Jesus and talk to Jesus. And in, the, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I got an experience where, like, in a, in a minute, in a moment, I saw my whole life and the sinfulness, just terrible, you know. Uh, and and, and it, simultaneously, the overpowering love of God. It's kind of it's, it's hard to see how you can be cold and hot at the same time, but I had that experience of my sinfulness before God and his great love for me. I'd never been loved so much in my life and I never knew myself. Uh, like that before it was in front of the tabernacle and so uh, I, I listened to uh, some after that some tapes of uh, Fulton Sheen you know mm-hmm. and Fulton Sheen said that you know we need the force of an overpowering love that we need to have a greater love to let go of the things that keep us from God so God's got to kind of peek in God's got to break into our lives and as we turn to him we're turning away from what is keeping us from God and so that was happening in my life I mean it, it, it happened pretty powerful when I was 19 but it was a process 
And it really was, I, I picked up some cassettes, somebody gave me tapes of Fulton Sheen talking to Priest for a retreat, and his big thing was pushing for the daily holy hour. And I, I must have been about 20 at that time, and I started doing a holy hour every day. And, and that, you know, I mean, obviously changed my life, saved my life. But just being in front of the Lord is like, he calls it divine uh, radiation. But clocking some time in front of him and, and just his, his presence uh, just kind of bubbling out of me. Uh, a lot of the grimies, you know, a lot of those things that were not right. You know, a little, uh, you know, you get that phosphoric acid on some rust, you know, you're going to paint it, you know, and it kind of, you know, peroxide. And, um, and that's what was happening in those, in those uh, hours of adoration. So that's, that was my encounter with the, with the Eucharist at Curcio. So, Father, same question for you. I mean, was there, I'm sure <laughs> Krista mentioned many conversions, and I can so relate to that, but uh, was there a moment, when did you know you were going to dedicate your life to Christ like you're doing? Mm. That, that came slowly uh, because uh, Father Fry became my spiritual director, and I was having trouble meditating. So he made me look at, you know, life of Christ from Fulton Sheen. I was, I was oh, doing that. Yeah, guy. and I would meditate on that. But, you know, I was so into music and to, you know, playing music and listening to music. So I'd go to my holy hour, and, and, I, and I had, like, get chest pains. I had, like, you know, uh, panic attacks. So it, it, gradually I was able to get quieter and quieter and, and through meditation, picking up the gospel, meditating. Over a period of time, I started to, like, say, wow, I felt God was calling me to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I was maybe a senior in college, beginning of my senior year, I knew God was calling me to be a priest and a religious and so i didn't date anymore i was just kind of finishing my, my engineering degree and and but it, it happened in a gradual way mm-hmm. and now after you know as i went through uh, in the seminary uh i remember one time meeting john paul uh saint john paul at the time i was going through a lot of darkness i thought i might even get out the seminary i just i was in a lot of you know kind of interior darkness and i remember the, uh, meeting the pope and uh with bishop flynn and he gave me a, a rosary and all, and you know, talked to Bishop Flynn and all. And then he walked over to the next bishop, and I was elated, you know, we got a picture with the Pope to send to Mama. And then the Pope stopped, and he turned around, and he came, took a step back toward me, looked at me in the eyes, and he says, Coraggio, which means take courage. And it, just him saying that, like, you know, like locking the hubs on your, your four wheel drive, it's just like all of a sudden the winch connected. And, and I've kind of been riding on that ever since. It was just, you know, that was a conversion of a man who had great hope and great confidence saying something that I knew meant something and it, and it, and it, it kind of caused that grace Convicted to stir up. You, yeah. yeah. Conviction. And, uh, yeah. And, and praise God, that's been uh, uh, 28 years and still kind of pulling me along. All right, I'm going to ask you a crazy question, Krista. Uh, so um, we were having this discussion in our prayer group and whatever, but uh, out of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who do you feel closest, who do you relate most to out of the Trinity? Who, who do you relate the least to in your prayer life right now? Oh, wow, no one's ever asked me that. So, um, <laughs> Lose <the> Todd. <laughs> you know, when I start my prayer, it's always Heavenly Father. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say that when I, um, every night when I kneel down by my side of my bed and when I wake up in the morning, it's Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. So I go to Him first, um, but when I sit in adoration, I, I, I'm, I'm talking to Jesus. I'm saying, thank you so much for being present to me. Thank you for showing me your face. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, 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 I'm with Him. But then the Holy Spirit, I noticed... Um, I wasn't calling upon him very often, and so now I'm trying more and more. Um, we had the, the most amazing um, uh, Franciscan come and talk to us. Um, Father Dave Pavanka came and did a. Uh, oh yeah. He came and did our 
our retreat at Mother Sacred Goose. Heart of Jesus, right? The, the wild goose. And, mm-hmm. and he talked about, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so lately um, when I'm ministering or praying with friends and, and they're struggling, um, sometimes long, you know, rote prayers are not what people need. And so I've been saying, come Holy Spirit a lot mm-hmm. more often. But I would say that I probably identify with God the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't call him Abba. I, I just can't say that that doesn't that doesn't ring on my mm-hmm. lips. Um, I call him Father, and I and I, it's it's not formal. It's it's um it's it's Heavenly Father. It's my it's he's mine. He loves mm-hmm. me, and um so yeah that's that's yeah you I don't hear Abba too much in Cajun country. I don't yeah think, no you know, I, ca- I can't do it. Like Mon père. <laughs> I tried. I can't. All I can't. right, Father, what do you think about that question? Oh, I thought I was going to pass on on that no. for me. No, he said it wasn't so. <laughs> no, I, I think it's. Um, uh, I after my conversion experience at 19, it was Jesus, Jesus, because you know that Jesus saves us. Jesus is, is so close to us; it takes on life, become one with Jesus. And uh, and then you know I started uh, developing more of a relationship as a son, you know, to the Father. Because if, if if Jesus is redeeming, Jesus is my Lord, but He's also uh, I'm a, a brother with Jesus. And so uh, Mary had other children, huh? namely us. And so I become a brother, and so I'm a son. And uh, so then I, you know, I started to develop that relationship. But as Krista mentioned, I mean, ever since I really made the Christian, Father Fry would always, you know, page 16 and oh, on your page face. Page 16, then, Yeah, come Holy Spirit. So he would always sing, come Holy Spirit. And so I, I started developing, you know, uh, an understanding and a relationship of particular actual grace, sensitivity. So uh, whenever I start a talk, whenever I start to read a book, whenever I start to do my meditation, my prayer, even when I go to chapel, I start... You know, Veni Sancti Spirit, come Holy Spirit, you know, fill the hearts of your faithful. And and to try to ask the Holy Spirit to make Christ present in me and and, and to uh, open my heart and to enlighten my mind. So I really uh, find, you know, now I, I, I have a, you know, a spontaneous, uh, you know, movement toward invoking the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as I, particularly, and I might be hearing confessions. Uh, I might be uh, sitting, listening to somebody in, in a spiritual rational counseling. And so I'm, I'm, I'm praying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. So for the person to say what, what, what maybe they're not saying, that, that, that I, or that I might hear what's not being said. Mm-hmm. You know? You're listening to the Cajun Catholics radio show. Today's guest is Miss Krista Bio and Father Michael Champagne. Uh, we're talking about, oh God, all kind of good, wonderful things, the Eucharist and, and, and our devotion. And so, you know, you hit on something. My friends out there are going to think you, I'm cheating and I'm passing you, you cue cards. But when you said the number 16, I see the Holy Spirit in numbers. And, mm-hmm. and it's always been since I was a kid, it's been the number 16. And when I found out that come Holy Spirit at Garcia was on page 16, I got pretty excited about that too, you know. Uh, funny you brought that up. But um, so, Krista, how do you see the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit reveal himself to you uh, in, in certain ways? So for me with doves as well, you know, I see doves yeah, everywhere, yeah. you know. So for me, the Holy Spirit um, reveals himself in he he brings people to me mm-hmm. and with with trial or with um, d- distress or duress and, and, and suffering. And he gives me these words that I'm, I'm not planning. I'm not I'm not prepared to answer. I'm not qualified. I'm not a counselor. And so um, the Holy Spirit reveals himself to me when they walk away and I realize that they have calmed and they have received his peace and I, I don't know how it happened. And so mm-hmm. um, that's he, he uses me more as a conduit and um, he gives me the words. And so I, 
I, I pray often when I know I'm going into a situation that I'm not that I'm not prepared for, like today, <laughs> with no questions and no prep. Um, and I got on my knees and I got my holy water and I said my prayers and and I said, you know, Holy Spirit, give me your words. Let me, let me yeah. do your work. And so um, that's that's how He reveals. I can himself assure to you, me. He showed up today. In your oh words. yeah, uh, live so, and well. So how about you, Father? I mean, do you do you? Um, I mean, for me, you know, like He nudges me, says, "Hey, like, there's that number. There's that number sixteen, or, or mm-hmm. the doves." I can tell you some supernatural stories about in Lafayette, and people really are going to think I'm crazy. But you know, I'll get in my truck and I have a moonroof, and I'll leave my house on Ambassador Caffrey, and I will have a squadron of doves follow over my truck until I get to the airport on all the way down Kali Saloom, and it's happened to me a few times, and I'm, that's just how God winks at me and says, hey, I'm right here. I'm, I'm right here by you. But mm. do you feel, do you experience things like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, not. I don't get the doves. I get the, <laughs> I get the Tatis coming out. <laughs> I'm not quite blessed with the doves. But um, no, you know, for me, I think what I've, uh, Father Fry told me this years ago. He said, uh, Mike, he says, the person that's trying to get your attention, that's knocking, that's calling or whatever, is much more important than what you're doing. You know, that. so the, the Holy Spirit as the interrupter, you know, Krista alluded to it, you know, with, with people, but God's providence, uh, you know, God orders all things mightily and lovingly. So he, everything's, you know, he, it's including all of our freedom, uh, our yeses and our noes, our sins and our acts of virtue. He includes all that. Uh, it's all factored in, and yet he's massaging this thing. He's, he's orchestrating it strongly and yet gently, lovingly. So providence, I believe in providence. And so, you know, I, I see, uh, I try to look for why would God have this person, you know, interrupt me? <laughs> Why would God, well, who's this person? Because this is no act. God for all eternity has foreseen this situation. Like I might be on a flat, you know, when I get out to, you know, and I'm in a hurry. Uh, and so, you know, the Holy Spirit prompting me to recognize that and to see, to ask the question, what are you saying? What, what are you asking here? And so uh, I, I, I see it mainly in, uh, in the happenings of the day. You see, and in Christia, we called it the pings, you know. Mm-hmm. We called it these little supernatural helps uh, from God, either a grace of illumination that I get this thought that doesn't go away, you see, or, or all of a sudden I get a desire that uh, to do something or a strength to do something that I wouldn't otherwise do. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, a lot of our, our, our ideas and stuff, we pray that our ideas might not be ours but God's. And so when something comes, a lot of times it's, it's something, oh, no, I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, that's going to be too difficult. Oh, this. And then it lingers, you know, the Holy Spirit keeps bringing it back, and then somebody uh, might mention it uh, t- uh, to me, you know, or suggest it. I say, oh, no, this is no accident. And so we, uh, uh, God wants me to do something mm-hmm. about this. And so that's how I, recon- you know, I recognize a lot of the presence of the Holy Spirit throughout the day. I like to fish and hunt, and I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. And we have so many wonderful so do places. Do you, Chris? I Chris love is, to fish come and on hunt. Now. Yeah, Chris okay. yeah. an old pro. And and I, uh, <laughs> you know, I see, I see, I have some supernatural Holy Spirit experiences out there on the water, and, mm-hmm. and with, with with the hunting as well. But tell us some good Cajun stories. I know I heard one on YouTube about uh, a family from Kaplan and a gentleman that was on his deathbed. But share some good Cajun stories with us. Well, I like to fish, so you know, uh, I think I went to Beat La Rosa, I guess Texaco Canal back in there one time fishing, and so uh, you know, I'm, I'm incognito. I don't have my clerics on. Normally, I'm in my <laughs> in my uh, religious habits, so I'm, I'm, I'm jigging for sackly and pulling them in pretty good. <laughs> and then a guy on the other side says, Father Champagne, that's you? <laughs> so, Y'all yeah, catching? That's me. Y'all yeah, catching? yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah, obviously saw me catching. I need to go to confession. <laughs> so, 
so I had to interrupt my. Uh, that was a movement of the Holy Spirit. I had to interrupt my. Uh, <laughs> Direct. Yeah, yeah. While well, the fish were biting, so the bigger fish came biting. So, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, you know, hearing confessions out there uh, in the. Uh, I tell you, um, uh, I had some good. Uh, uh, I don't fish and hunt. You know, I, I I talk about fish and hunting a lot more than I fish and hunt, just because I don't have a whole lot of time. But I do like to uh, to duck hunt and and, and fish. One uh, thing, David Roy, uh, uh, you know David, been and, on uh, the show a couple yeah, times. Yeah, big uh, big Dave had a camp. So his his buddies, whoever he fishes with at his bass tournament was out. I was on vacation. He called me. He said, "Look, you want to fish a tournament with me?" So I said, "Yes." So he had bought a new boat. So I went out there. So we had a big bass uh, uh, club meeting uh, the night before to fry some fish. And as I made the announcement, uh, tomorrow morning at five a.m., uh, I'm going to bless uh, David. Roy's new bass boat. He and I will be fishing together. I <laughs> uh, said, uh, I don't have time, uh, you know, to f- bless all the boats, but I'll bless the others after weighing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we came in dead last. <laughs> so my blessing didn't help the uh, didn't help the tournament uh, for us at least. I had a friend of mine, a uh, good, good Cajun friend, that uh, they compete in trout tournaments all the time, and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the father and the two sons both really had some very very powerful religious experience made Chrissy and man they were on fire and they compete so much so that they compete against themselves when they're in the same boat like you know <laughs> they tag their fish and they, and they so one of them broke down in prayer you know daybreak out there at uh at uh over there not Sippermore Point, but uh, Grand Isle. And, uh, and so he says, Lord, please let us have a safety on the water. And let me win the tournament. Not, not, not the boat. Just let me win the tournament. <laughs> I think you might have missed something. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, I guess you the know? Lord kind of filters those things as they go up. <laughs> well, what, go ahead. Go I was just going to say it's not what we want. It's what we need. That's right. It's, it's a big need. difference. Huh? So, you know, food's a big part of our culture. You know, what's y'all's favorite Cajun dish? What you like? What you like oh, to cook? Well, you cook a lot? I don't cook that much anymore. No, no I went to the culinary cook-off at JPG. We had some gumbo. So I certainly like uh, a sausage on doing gumbo, but I love etouffee, crawfish, pretty much fixed anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's not much I don't eat. Uh, we grew up a uh, family of nine, and mom was a great cook, and so we, uh, we ate very well. We always, we never were hungry, that's for sure, and pretty much had fricasse. We had couscous, a lot of rice and gravy, mm-hmm. uh, gumbo. We, we, Mom fixed a big gumbo. We'd eat on that for the whole week. And uh, so all those, uh, boudin, you know. Well, yeah. You got to tell the story about, I think you said, Henri and Marie and Kaplan and the gentleman. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned, well we're talking about like the, the Eucharist. And uh, I, I use that example because, you know, we, we need to go to confession uh, and go to confession regularly. And um, one of the things we forget is that we're not to receive communion if we're in the state of mortal sin. So if I miss mass, my own fault to some mortal sin, I need to get the confession first. And so I go to mass, I make a spiritual communion, I get a blessing, but I don't take communion. And I was telling the story, I said um, that, you see, the Eucharist is not ordered toward restoring sanctifying grace. It's, it's ordered toward uh, increasing sanctifying grace. So I use the example, I went to this house, I don't know if it, where it was at in Kaplan or whatever, but uh, say uh, Marie and uh, Henri, and a guy was in his 90s, but the guy was dying, and so I'm saying prayers with him. And uh, he's uh, actively dying. And um, so I just keep the praise going because I know he's going to die. So I'm, I'm doing the litany of saints en français. And his wife is there with some couscous with a, with a tablespoon. And she said, Henri, Henri, il faut manger, manger un petit peu, un petit peu plus. You know, and she's putting a, <laughs> and the guy had died. 
no. He was dead, yeah, and then his mouth full of couscous. So I said, you know, I, I like couscous too, but I said, you know, if, if I get a heart attack or something and I kill over and I'm not, I have no, no pulse and no, uh, I'm not breathing, don't bring me any Buddha, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, bring me, a, you know, a priest, you know, uh, you know get, give me some divine CPR mm-hmm. and get me a blood pressure and a pulse and then I'll take that rain check for that Buddha, uh, you see. And so uh, we need to have, a, uh, have life present before we feed it. Huh? Mm-hmm. So to make sure that when we approach Jesus uh, is that we, we do so in the state of grace. So that's one of the reasons why we have our mobile confessional getting that's around right. and trying to, right. trying to uh, get, get our good people to uh, return uh, to grace with the sacrament and then to be able to, more, uh, to, be, able to be worthily uh, participating in the Eucharist. Yeah, Krista, most of those uh, Chevrolet, m- most of those ambulances running around Lafayette are Chevrolets. So I always <laughs> tell people, I'm going to die in a Chevrolet. You know, it's not going to be a good deal. We got to work on that. Yeah. Man. Gonna, I do have an old Ford. Yeah, My yeah, first yeah, yeah. one's a Ford, so you'll be all right. You're a Dodge or a Ford. You know, it doesn't have to be a Chevy. You know, yeah. Nothing personal, but. <laughs> So, uh, Krista, um, so do you you like to cook? And what's your favorite Cajun dish? So I used to love to cook until my husband, about two two years ago, started cooking, and now he cooks, you You know, four or five nights a week. It's so good. I've given him the kitchen, but um, so I love to cook. Um, My Cajun dishes are, you know, have a Cuban flair because Mm -hmm. I'm half Cuban, and um, so I would say that. Probably my favorite's gumbo. It has to be a dark, dark roux. Mm. Um, I cook it all day, and I, I do make a pretty mean gumbo. So, Duck gumbo or gumbo herb or, you know, or sausage? Chicken and sausage. Just yeah. plain old chicken just and sausage. standard, yeah. Um, but but I also really like red beans and rice. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I grew, my dad made that every Monday night. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad, every Monday night we had red beans and rice and sausage. So I, I have a... A fondness for that. What's as the well. Cuban uh, flair? What, what makes uh, so? What do you you do know, differently? maybe a little different seasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a little cumin. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed, to, I don't. I don't think many people here use cumin. Not as much. Yeah. And so uh, some Cuban bay leaves, a lot of bay leaves, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of we use a lot of saffron in nice. our Cuban dishes. So. So we're talking about food. You know, I see one thing that you know. I guess for me, after Garcia, I really we began to pray as a family before we eat, and I see that a little bit around South Louisiana. You know, but it's always beautiful to to say a, a prayer before we eat. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, my daughter is like I told you, getting her master's degree, and I say, Jess. Why don't you lead us in prayer? And she always says, bless us, O Lord. And these, I guess, I'm like, is that what I'm paying for, really? I mean, we can, can't we do a little better than that? Ah, that's Gregory the Great yeah. wrote that, you know, yeah. back in the 5th century. Give it, Father, for the good Cajun Catholics, how about we come up with it? Give me a little synopsis of a prayer that you think would be appropriate in South Louisiana to, to pray over. Well, Tom, St. Thomas More has a little book of prayers. You know, he was pretty, he had a good sense of humor. Thomas More says, uh, Lord, uh, grant me good uh, digestion. And grant me something to digest. <laughs> so you had some really, some really good ones. Uh, but yeah, just uh, thanking God for, for the meal. This is a very, I, they don't ask me to bless the meal much anymore, um, Todd, because when I get there, they say I give them all of salvation history. You know? <laughs> Starting the book of Genesis, you know, so they, they, they start to kind of grumble a little bit. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I know. We need to. I, I just I challenge all the Cajun Catholics out there. Start praying. You know, before you before your meal, whether mm-hmm. it's lunch. There's so many great restaurants around here, and it makes such an impression on people. Mm-hmm. I know that the waiters and the waitresses always notice. They always come they around. appreciate it too. Yeah. And you know, eating uh, that's part of our culture. But you know, Jesus in Luke's gospel, I think twelve times we see him eating at a big meal. So uh, Jesus is a good Cajun, you know, and uh, he certainly 
said his prayer before his meal. So. I love it. Well, we're out of time today. Again, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. We had two great ones here today. It's been a blessing for me. Know that you'll be in my prayers and ask for the same. Absolutely. You know, thank, you. thank you all so much for being on the show. Again, uh, the Cajun Catholic Radio Show, we challenge you to unleash the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you all. Thank Amen. you. Thank you.